Hello and welcome to another podcast episode. I hope you're well. How are you keeping? You had a good week? Anything exciting happened in your life? Not much excitement here. Running some heavy coax cables through the loft. Trish did all that for my aerials. That's about the highlight of my week anyway. Have you been in the garden recently? What's your garden like if you've got one? Raspberries are in bud, so we're going to have some nice raspberries later this year. Fortunately, Trish doesn't like raspberries. I do, so they're all for me. <laughs> Happy days. What have we got this week? Tomboys. Who remembers tomboys? Were you a tomboy? Do you remember a tomboy that you knew? 1960s music, cars and all sorts of other stuff. Shed loads of other stuff. What have we got? 11C. Oh, it's 10 past 10, Saturday morning, 17th of February, 24. 11C, which is 51 Fahrenheit, 100% humidity. So I should be underwater, but for some reason I'm not. 10.30 millibars on the old barometer. Things are looking good, except the flag is soaking wet and wrapped around the pole. And I've just had an email message from the Met Office about a rain barrage. What is a rain barrage? I mean, it's going to rain. It's not a barrage, is it? Anyway, I mustn't go on about the weather. Now, hello, we've got some local listeners. Hello to Paul and Shirley. Hello to Sheila, Dave, Pod over there, Alan, Martin, Diane. Have I left anyone out? Mark, Sue, loads of people, loads of locals listening. So hello to you lot. I hope you enjoy the episode. Without further ado, let's move on. I'm not going to harp on about the old days when I went to the woods, but just briefly, a friend of mine and I used to go over there. We were pretty good friends. His name was Ray, as was mine. Well, as was, as mine still is, hopefully. And we got on OK. We didn't go to each other's houses. We weren't that close, but we'd meet over the woods and perhaps say, will you be here tomorrow? Yeah, OK, see you here tomorrow. We'd been friends for about a year, different schools we went to. I suppose we were 11 or 12-ish. It had been a pretty harsh winter, but we'd still been over the woods, you know, in the snow and looking at the pond, which was just basically a block of ice, wondering where the frogs were, the newts, the tadpoles. Well, there weren't tadpoles, were there? Sticklebacks. Do you remember sticklebacks? Used to find those in the pond. There were quite a crowd of us that used to go over the woods, probably six, seven, eight of us at times. And uh, you know, Ray and I were all part of it. But on this occasion, it was just the two of us. As spring came, it was a particularly nice day. So I didn't bother about a, a coat and a jumper. I just had T-shirt and jeans. Went over to the woods to meet Ray, also in T-shirt and jeans. And we were just chatting away. Beautiful sunshine, lovely day. We were deciding what to do. Should we go and look in the pond for sticklebacks and newts? Or should we build a camp somewhere or explore the old air raid shelter? We were sitting in the sun on a log. And I noticed... Something not quite right with Ray's T-shirt. He saw me looking and he, he said, What's the matter? What are you looking at? I said, what, What's that? There were bumps on his T-shirt. Two bumps. And he looked down. And I forget the term that he used. He said, That's my boobies. And I said, uh, But you're a boy. <laughs> now, this was the days before all this gender stuff was going on, you know. Back then, there were boys and girls. I laughed and said, what are you talking about? <laughs> it was just, I just found it so odd. And he, well, I should say she, she said, I'm a girl. And I said, you're not, what are you on about? 
I said, you're Ray, you're a boy. You've always been a boy. So she lifted her T-shirt and said, well, what's that then? Oh, uh, yeah, right. Okay. Um, I wasn't quite sure where to look. <laughs> she was a girl. Well, I did know where to look, but <laughs> anyway, we weren't going to that. But she was a girl. And I said, but your name's Ray. She said, yes, R-A-E, the female way of spelling it. I had no idea. I'd, I'd never heard of that female, Ray. And I said to her, we've been meeting and we've been friends and everything for a year, over a year. I said, I never had a clue. I just, I didn't know. And she said, well, my mum says I'm a tomboy. And that was the first time I ever heard the expression tomboy. She had shortish hair, as I said, jeans, T-shirt, one of the lads, so I thought. And our voices hadn't broken, you know, the boys' voices hadn't broken. Oh, one had. Yeah, I remember one chap, his voice had broken. So I didn't think her voice was odd or anything like that. I just thought she was one of the lads. <laughs> After that revelation or discovery, I looked at her in a different light. She wasn't one of the lads. She was a girl. I, I just couldn't get used to it. Every time we met over the woods, I was constantly aware that she was a girl. It, it just wouldn't go out of my mind. We carried on being friends, carried on meeting over the woods. As the years passed, we sort of drifted apart which was a shame because we got on really well. Imagine a couple, you know, a married couple. They're both called Ray. <laughs> that must be most peculiar. Ray, what? Which one? Who do you want? <laughs> anyway, that was my first introduction, I suppose, to a, a tomboy. I'd not heard the term previous to that day. And I do remember looking at the other boys in our... It wasn't a gang, it was our group, you know, the group of us that used to go over the woods and over the park... I remember looking at the other boys and thinking, well, are they all boys or perhaps one of them is a girl? <laughs> they weren't. They were all boys. If you look up the word tomboy, it was first used, you won't believe this, I didn't, in 1566 with the same meaning, a girl who sort of comes across acts as a boy, as with one of us over the woods, you know, Ray acted as a boy. 1566, that was first used. I've always been interested in the etymology of words since I was, I don't know how old, looked up in the dictionary. I had a thesaurus, as I call it, a thesaurus, a dinothesaurus. <laughs> and I was always looking up synonyms and antonyms. It's, it's fantastic. And etymology. I do like to discover where words come from. A lot of them are Jamaic or Greek, of course, and Latin and all this stuff, all mixed up and put together. And there we have it, the English language. <laughs> it's good fun. A chap I used to know, he'd come into the, the pub and he always had a new word. Whenever I saw him, he had a new word. He said to me once, you're a sycophant, Ray. And I knew what it meant. And he'd obviously just, I think he went to bed at night with his dictionary. I knew what it meant. And he was obviously trying to find out whether I knew. So I said, uh, what makes you say that? He said, well, you know, the way you ask for your beer, what I would do is say, may I have a pint of lager, please, Mary or Fred or whoever was behind the bar. Now, that's not really being a sycophant, is it? That's just being polite. So I said, you want to check your dictionary because I don't think you've read the meaning properly. He finally said, I haven't got a dictionary. I don't look at a dictionary. And I said, well, get a dictionary anyway and check the meaning because there's a difference between being a sycophant and being polite. And that shut him up. He stopped doing it after that. Well, he stopped doing that to me. I used to hear him saying other words to other people, you know, 
coming out with his latest word that he'd learnt. It was all silly stuff, all part of the pub banter, I suppose, all part of the fascinating mixture of people that used to frequent pubs in the old days. Of course, the pubs have gone now. They're restaurants, aren't they? In the 1960s, we all grew our hair long. You know, we were hippies or whatever we were. And like some of the groups, some of the bands, you'd see them on telly. Some of them looked like girls, some of the lads. And a friend of mine, he had blonde hair, really lovely, natural blonde hair. Nothing wrong with that. Some people have blonde hair. Boris Johnson has blonde hair, <laughs> although he doesn't seem to own a comb or a hairbrush. But this friend of mine, we were 17, I suppose, 18. We were walking along the street and this car went past, tooting the horn, toot, toot. Lad shouting out of the window, and all this. I didn't say anything. I knew what they were doing. They thought he was a girl. And he said to me, oh, I'm fed up with this, people doing that. I said, it's because you've got long blonde hair. I said, I've got to be honest, from behind you, you could easily be a girl. <laughs> well, I'm not a girl. I said, I know, but you look like a girl from behind. I've done that. Back in the old days, I'd be driving along. I'd see someone walking along the path with their back to me. And I'd toot, toot, you know, all right, and all this business, or whatever I shout out of the window, I can't repeat that here, I'll be arrested. And, you know, they turn round and make signs at me, oops, it's a bloke. <laughs> I remember one band in the 60s, they called themselves the Pretty Things. Quite a few of the bands from the 60s, they obviously had the long hair, and some of them did look rather effeminate. And you could be quite easily forgiven for thinking that it's a girl, especially from behind. Just going back to the old cars in the 1960s. I like the 60s. I do miss that. I miss my teenage years. Best years of my life <laughs> in many respects. A friend of mine had a Vauxhall Victor. I think there were various styles of Vauxhall Victor. Anyway, this had column change. Um, manual gearbox, but the, the gear stick, the shift, was on the steering column. Younger listeners might not be aware of that. Older listeners will say, I know what you mean. I had a car like that when I was a boy or a girl. Well, no, I don't mean if you were a boy. Anyway, moving on. And the linkage all fell apart. Well, I don't know about fell apart, but the linkage all went funny. Uh, the boss at the TV workshop moved his car. It was in the way and he went and moved his car. I don't know how he got the keys while uh, my friend was out on a TV job in the van. And he did something to the linkage. Because with the column change, there's quite a lot of linkage to the actual, you know, the gearbox itself. Anyway, he mucked it all up and he never, this friend of mine never got it right again. He took it to garage after garage. They couldn't do it or, I don't know, they weren't able to for some reason. And in the end, he sold the car and he was he was a little bit miffed. There's a word, miffed. My old uh, Hillman Minx had column change, uh, one reverse and three forward gears on the uh, the column change. It was really nice because you haven't got that stick in the middle of the floor, you know? So you've got the bench seat, there's no gear stick in the middle, nothing in the middle. It was really nice. Slide across the bench seat or slide back again. It was fantastic. I, I liked that. I'd put my cigarettes and my lighter next to me on the seat, whatever else, transistor radio, whatever. Of course, it'd all slide off round corners. Well, no, not that. It wasn't that bad. But it was great. I do like the old bench seat with the column change. And also, one of my cars uh, was automatic. And the the stick, that was up on the, the steering column. 
instead of this huge T-shaped clunk-clunk thing in the middle, on the floor, little stick on the column. Excellent idea. I don't know why they didn't uh, carry on with that idea. There must be a good reason, but there we are. Well, actually, no, there probably wasn't a good reason because manufacturers and people have different ideas as time passes. Oh, we'll do this, we'll do that. And it's not always a good move, is it? It's something that was perfectly all right and they wreck it. Just go back to Tomboys for a minute. I, I meant to tell you this earlier. I went round a friend's house. This is when I was, I don't know, 13, 14. Went round a friend's house one evening and his dad was in the driveway under the car doing some repair or other. And there was, I could see his feet sticking out as I walked up the drive. And next to his feet, there was another pair of feet wearing jeans and old shoes. Initially, I thought it was this mate of mine. So I, I got down and said, hello, how are you doing? And it's his sister. <laughs> his dad said, hello. And the girl said, oh, hello, Ray. Uh, Mike's indoors. And I said, well, what are you doing under there? I'm helping my dad. She was a tomboy. Well, perhaps that's the wrong word. No, perhaps, is that insulting? No, it's not, is it? She loved helping her dad tinker about with the car. And there she is in her old clothes, helping him. She was holding this inspection lamp and holding a spanner and something. I think he was replacing the exhaust pipe. Back in those days, you replaced the exhaust yourself. You, know, you didn't take it round to some garage where they rip you off. You have to get a mortgage. <laughs> Talking of exhaust pipes, I must get a new tyre before we have our MOT. Change of subject. 1960s music. Who remembers that? I do. When I say remember that, I mean who was there in the 60s. Here's the thing. Before I talk about the music itself, there's not much to say about it really, apart from it was brilliant. What's the difference between listening to music then and now? Back then, everyone had a transistor radio and you would listen to music on the radio. They would play the latest records by whoever. They would play the number one that particular week. These days, people don't listen to the radio, do they? They do their online streaming and all this other weird stuff. You don't have a transistor radio on the kitchen windowsill. Every house had a transistor radio on the kitchen windowsill. And the, the mum, now I mustn't be sexist here or get to, get into trouble, the housewife, oh, can't say that, the lady of the house had a transistor radio on the kitchen windowsill. So while she was washing up, I hasten to add that husbands wash up as well, and the kids did, well, not really. Seriously, there was a transistor radio on the kitchen windowsill. The kids had one in their bedroom. If you're out in the garden in the summer, there's probably a transistor radio out there listening to some music. So we had the latest bands, the latest groups and the latest records on the radio all the time. These days you don't hear that. The BBC are now in trouble. Sadly, Steve Wright passed away. Do you remember Steve Wright? Uh, for those of you abroad, he was a, a DJ, worked for the BBC for decades. Steve Wright in the afternoon on Radio 1. Then he went to Radio 2, BBC Radio 2. And then he left and he sadly passed away the other day. The BBC got rid of Ken Bruce. He's another brilliant DJ. He's gone over to Greatest Hits Radio and he's taken his pop quiz thing with him, which Trisha does that. She loves all that. I don't like pop quizzes because I can't answer any of the questions. Trish knows all the... I don't know. She knows the answer to all the pop music questions. And I'm just left working out what the question means. I find that. Do you find that? When I'm watching telly, Richard's House of Games 
or the programme called Pointless. By the time I've worked out what the question actually means, everyone else has answered. I had that trouble at school. The chap would write a question up on the blackboard and I'm reading it thinking, right, that's uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, right, uh, yes, I think I understand the question. By then, everyone else has, has answered it. They're all putting their hands up. Me, 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 me. And I'm still reading the question and trying to work it out. But the BBC got rid of Ken Bruce. I think they've lost, where did I read the other day? They've lost something like 1.6 million listeners recently because they're trying to get rid of the older DJs and bring in young blood. The idea being youngsters will listen to BBC. Well, they won't because they don't have radios. They're streaming their music. Whatever it is they like, they stream it. It would appear, to me at least, that these people at the BBC, you know, the heads of programming and whatever they call themselves, directors and things, the people in charge, I reckon they're old boys or they're totally out of touch with their listeners. This is radio I'm talking about, not TV so much. Mind you, that's rubbish. What the BBC should have done back in the 60s, let's go back to the pirate radio stations, Radio Caroline, Radio London, Radio North Sea, all that lot. What the BBC did, in collusion with the government and the, the GPO, as it was at the time, the pirate busters, they all got together to make the ships in the North Sea illegal and get rid of them. Well, what the BBC should have done was start their own radio station, which they did. Was it 1967? Tony Blackburn came on the air with Radio One. They should have been so brilliant that everyone would have tuned into Radio One and thought, this is fantastic, this is more like it, this is what we want. They should have got rid of the pirates by being better than the pirates. Oh, no, they didn't do that. No, that's, that's, uh, that's too sensible. We can't do that, so we'll shut the pirates down so we've got no competition, and as we've got no competition, we can be rubbish. And they still are today. This is my opinion, it's not fact. <laughs> it's true, I tell you, I read it in a newspaper. <laughs> Happy days. If you've got competition in no matter what you're doing, you know, have to be a shop down the road that's competing with your shop, your business, the way to get rid of them is to be better than them rather than go down there and close them, to, <laughs> close them down. I don't know how you'd close them down, probably by doing something illegal, which isn't good. Anyway, the BBC don't seem to have got a clue. They just haven't got a clue. Totally out of touch with their listeners 1.6 million radio listeners lost. I forget over what period of time that was, but what a way to run a radio station. You lose 1.6 million listeners because you've been a... Well, nearly swore then. <laughs> that won't do. We can't have expletives on uh, Ray's rants. Don't the crows. Yeah, so because they've been idiots, they've lost 1.6 million listeners. And they're the older people. I do see their point. They're trying to get younger listeners, but they won't because there are no younger listeners with transistor radios all over the house. <laughs> that was great in the old days. Transistor radio. You go down the beach, you go out into the country for a picnic, took your tranny with you. I can say tranny because... Have you seen these old films? They'll put, uh, what is it, talking pictures that I like watching. We, we both like that. And they'll say something on the beginning of the film. There's some text that comes up. I forget the exact wording, but... It may be offensive, but this is how it was back then or something. You know what I mean? 
What you're about to see might offend you, but don't be offended because back then that's how it was and it didn't offend people. <laughs> I love it. When they say bad language or this may offend, I think this is good. I'm going to watch this film. <laughs> bad language and offending people. That's it. That's more like it. I remember local cinemas in the old days. Do we have a cinema? Oh, yes, we've got one or two, I think, left. I don't go there because you get germs. They're all coughing and spluttering. And a lot of the people don't wash. Well, the ones I seem to sit next to don't. That's why I don't go anymore. But there'd be notices outside about a film coming along. X-rated film, you know, adult-type film. Not pornography, just a bit of a naughty film. As they used to have back then. I don't know whether they do now. And you get old ladies, and, and probably old men, to be fair, must be sexist. Old people, there we are. Old humans. <laughs> Got to please everyone. They would go and have a look at the posters outside. Oh, look, this is a disgusting film. So they'd go in and watch it. Then they'd write to the local newspaper and say, I was offended by that. That's filth. That's disgusting. It shouldn't be allowed. Well, hang on. It says outside what the film's about. It says it's adult. It says it's X-rated. They didn't have to go in and watch it, did they? But they did. They go in and watch it, then write to the newspaper. Dear editor, I saw a disgusting film last weekend. <laughs> it's true. They used to look for something to complain about. Has anything changed, you're wondering? I remember the BBC, this is TV, one of their newsreaders one evening, I didn't see the news, but apparently his tie was crooked. It wasn't quite straight and done up properly. People wrote in, because you couldn't email back then, people wrote to the BBC and complained that his tie wasn't straight. And the BBC, this is true, I remember this bit, the BBC on air apologised. Come on, what is going on? <laughs> Is that all they've got to moan about? Oh, his tie was crooked. Get a life, struth. Apparently, even the, this is in the old days, the newsreaders on radio had to wear a suit, a shirt, clean shirt and tie, all done up, shiny shoes. And they're on the radio. You can't even see them. Whereas these days, I think the newsreaders, I mean, I don't know, but you hear things. They go in in jeans and T-shirt and, yeah, hey man, here's the news. No, they don't say that, do they? I was watching something the other day about TV, oh, children's programmes. There's a series been running about kids' programmes. Do you remember uh, Zebedee and Brian and all that lot? The Teletubbies, Andy Pandy, the Wooden Tops. That's my favourite, the Wooden Tops. And uh, Loopy Lou, was it? I think she was on drugs. The Night Garden. That was fantastic. That was written by someone who was out of his head. <laughs> I love the night garden. What was it? The P Ponty Pines and the, I don't know what they're all called, weird stuff. But that was fantastic. Anyway, the point was, the very old programmes, there was Watch With Mother on the telly. Before that, it was Listen With Mother. And the voices talk about the Queen's English as it was back then. Good afternoon, children. Welcome to Watch With Mother. Now, look, here's Andy Bandy. Hello, Andy. Whereas these days it's, hello kids, all right then, or what in it? <laughs> well, it's not quite that bad, but it's nothing like it used to be. They used to teach children how to speak properly. Well, not directly, but you know, indirectly they're listening or watching on the telly and listening to the, the speech, the dialogue, and it was all perfect Queen's English. Whereas now, well, it's like swearing on the telly, isn't it? In the old days, 
if someone swore just a, a little, like, I don't know, I can't say it on here, can I? The B word. <laughs> no, not that B word. No, if someone said something like bloody, then back in the old days, it was struth. Did you hear that last night? The chap on telly said bloody. Cripes, he can't say that. Whereas these days, well, anything goes. And I think that's a shame. It's not necessary. You know, effing and blinding. It's just not necessary on the radio or the TV. But there we are. Who am I to complain? I could write. Yes, I could complain. I'm an old... <laughs> he said something else. said, I'm an old boy now. I'm going to write to the BBC and complain. <laughs> Thinking about it, I'll have to watch something first to complain about. I'll have to have a look on the listings to see what's on telly and something that might have some bad language. Yes, and then I'll watch it, even though it might offend me. Then I can complain to the BBC. That's an idea. 1960s music. Have I mentioned that yet? Yes, I have. I know I have. I'm only pretending that I've got a bad memory. I have got a bad memory. In the old days, what I liked about the, the band... Do you remember Top of the Pops? Now, if you're outside the UK, outside Britain, you probably won't. But we had a thing. This was the BBC, Top of the Pops. That was good. But one daft thing they did, and I never forget this, and it happens today. I've seen it today. They'll have a band, let's say, I don't know, Herman's Hermits. Do you remember Herman's Hermits? They were good, weren't they? Herman was pretty. He had nice, pretty hair. Now, they'd be on the stage, Top of the Pops, singing their latest record. Top of the Pops was once a week on the telly. And they'd all be playing their guitars and the drummers banging away. The guitars weren't plugged in. You can see the empty jack socket. There's no leads to the guitars. They were miming. And people would complain. Now, I complain, not to the BBC, but I would moan out loud. <laughs> Can't, it's not even plugged in. What's the point of that? <laughs> and people complained because the BBC said this was live. Top of the Pops was live. And people wrote in and said, it's not live. They are miming to a record. And the BBC's answer was, yeah, they might not be playing, but there they are live on the stage. Well, they're not dead on the stage, are they? But that was awful. And I saw one recently, some, I don't know, some modern stuff, and they had their guitars and they're all singing away. Nothing is plugged in. They could at least plug the coily leads into the guitars, couldn't they? So it looks like they're, I don't know. But apart from that, Top of the Pops was good. And there was Pick of the Pops on the radio. That was Alan Freeman and various other people that would uh, host that. Is it host or compare or DJ that or whatever they did? That was good because we'd all get our tape recorders switched on and record the latest music rather than go and buy it. But the 60s music was, in many ways, it was simpler. Is that the right word? They didn't have all this electronic stuff. A guitar sounded like a guitar. An organ sounded like an organ. Now, a friend of mine who is a guitarist, hello, Ian, if you're listening, and Shintz, hope you're both well. Ian, he's a guitarist. He bought this electronic box and he showed me, he was setting up in a pub one night, we were there, and he showed me, he said, look at this. And he, he strummed a chord on the guitar, ordinary guitar-type sound. Then with the foot switch, he changed it, did the same chord, and it sounded like an organ. It was just like an organ. Press another switch, and it sounded like a, a violin. It was weird. <laughs> it was strange, and it sounded so real. He did a few different chords on the guitar with the organ thing, and you would think that it's a keyboard. It sounded exactly, if you looked away, you, oh, I don't know. 
they didn't have all that electronics back then. All due respect, Dion, there's nothing wrong with that. It's great. But back then, it was simpler. Everything was easy. You'd, you'd have a band set up, a couple of Marshall 100-watt amps with big speaker cabinets, a couple of microphones, guitars, plug everything in, off you go. These days, oh no, there's wires everywhere, electronic boxes and controllers and goodness knows what. Struth, you don't want all that. <laughs> Hendrix, all he had was a guitar, a massive bank of 100-watt Marshall amps and a huge wall of speaker cabinets. That's all he needed. I think he had a fuzz box and a wah-wah. Oh, he had the wah-wah pedal, didn't he? Do you remember the wah-wah pedal? I'm not going to do sound effects because <laughs> it'll all switch off. I remember in Practical Wireless, you're being into electronics, years ago, they had a little circuit. You could build a fuzz box for your guitar. Now, I had a guitar and I built this fuzz box. When I was at work in the TV workshop, instead of mending tellies, I built a fuzz box. And it was great. I took it home, connected my guitar to it. I couldn't play the guitar. I used to strum notes and make a dreadful row with it. But it was great, this fuzz box. It sounded, well, again, I won't make sound effects, but uh, that was good. I tried to make the wah-wah pedal, but that didn't work. So back then, it was a lot simpler. Can you say simpler? It was nice, just basic equipment, basic instruments, none of this modern electronics. And, of course, records back then weren't highly compressed. I won't go into compression and audio stuff and all that nonsense, but when CDs came out, they're all compressed so the music sounds more in-your-face and louder. And it's just dreadful. The old records were, were brilliant. The old 45s, the old LPs, all recorded in studios on, on tape. Let's get away from that. The actual music itself in the 60s was fantastic. And what a lot of older people say is, back then, you could hear the words. You could hear what they were singing. Whereas now, you can't. They just, I don't know what they're talking about. You can't actually hear what they're saying. I don't think that's strictly true, actually, because I remember a lot of records back then. You couldn't hear what they were singing. You had to kind of work it out. We had the different genres, is that the word? Different types of music. I was into Hendrix, Rolling Stones, not the Beatles too much. Other people like the Beatles. Paul, my brother-in-law, he likes soul, Motown, all that. I don't like that. <laughs> I like reggae. Reggae is good. Funnily enough, Bob Marley, I could never get on with. Now, he was, you know, the, the star of reggae, wasn't he? He was brilliant. But it was a different type of reggae. I didn't like that. I like the, oh, what can I call it? The proper Jamaican or Caribbean or whatever, the real reggae which I suppose he, I don't know, difficult to explain that. But the Rolling Stones, that was nice. For Christmas, once my parents bought me the Beatles, the double LP, the White Album, as it was known, back in the USSR and all that stuff on there, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Each to their own, you know, it's very individual, isn't it? Music, a very individual thing, a bit like comedy. I love Tommy Cooper, Trish can't stand it. <laughs> he just walked, I said, I know I won't go into that. If I start talking about Tommy Cooper, we'll be here all day. He's only got to walk onto the stage and that's it. I'm just crying with laughter. I don't know what it is about him. Trish just looks at me, you know, what's funny? What's so funny? All he's done is walk onto the set and look around as he does with that expression. Anyway, let's not go on about that. What else about 1960s music? What else can I say about it? There were a lot of different Bands, a lot of different... They were groups back then. These days they're called bands for some reason. 
a lot of groups back then, and there were a lot, as undoubtedly there are now, I think there were a lot back then that weren't famous. They were playing in pubs and clubs as the Beatles started out, and the Stones. They all started doing the, the club circuit, didn't they? And the pubs, local pubs. There are a lot, and there were then and there are now, that are still playing the pubs and clubs. They never actually got anywhere. I suppose a lot of it is luck, isn't it? Someone happens to see you one night and they think this is good and they've got contacts, connections, and you end up perhaps cutting a record. That goes on the radio and blah, blah, blah. It goes on from there. A lot of them know. I've seen bands. Oh, who was it? Pink Floyd, the tribute band. Now, the real Pink Floyd... Uh, fantastic. Sister-in-law and me. We love it. Love it to bits. The tribute band were fantastic. We've seen them twice. We're seeing them again this year. They were brilliant. And I have often thought if they had done that before the real Pink Floyd started, if you see what I mean, if the tribute band had been whatever they wanted to call themselves and there was no Pink Floyd, they would have made it. They would have made it big time. But of course, Pink Floyd did it first. <laughs> you're lost now, aren't you? I'm lost. I don't know what I'm talking about. Ah, here's the thing you're saying. Has anything changed? Do you ever know what you're talking about? Not really. Told you about the dentist. Yes, I mentioned the dentist. Went to see my mum this morning. She said, I heard all about the dentist on your podcast. Hello, mum. So, so I've got at least one listener. No, I know I've got lots of listeners. Gail, over there in Nova Scotia, Canada. Thank you for the pictures of snow. Did I thank you? Pictures of snow. Stone the crows. It's dreadful. Twelve foot drifts and all that. Brother and sister-in-law at the moment are in Lapland. And we've been getting photos from them and videos. And today, Saturday, we just had a, a picture or two a little while ago. They're on a sledge thing being pulled by the huskies, the dogs. Amazing. They're all wrapped up. Sister-in-law is a, about as thin as a beanstick, so no meat on her at all. And she's all wrapped up and she looks quite large. <laughs> Thermal underwear, scarves, hats, gloves, coats, more hats, bobble hats, all sorts of stuff. And they're keeping nice and warm. But fantastic, though, to see the snow. There was a snowplough. Uh, they took a photo of that, uh, clearing the streets early in the morning. I suppose they're used to it, aren't they? Now, here's the thing. They are in Lapland, in Finland. They are used to snow. And Norway and all that stuff up there, they're used to snow. And they're equipped to deal with it. Us here, we get an inch of snow. That's it. All trains are stopped. Gatwick Airport is closed. <laughs> Everywhere's closed. All ground to halt. Because we've got an inch of snow and there might be more to come. Another Met Office email. Rain may cause some travel disruption. What? It's raining. How can that cause travel disruption? Perhaps we're going to get another polar blast or a beast from the east. Sister-in-law has gone up there, up north, up to north, to see the northern lights. They haven't seen the lights yet. They're coming back tomorrow, Sunday. Chris Packham on the telly. No, Chris Packham, he was saying he's been up there, I think, 25 times to see the lights. And he's only seen the lights once. The aurora, isn't it? Amazing. I've seen it on film, of course, on telly, but to actually be there and see the Northern Lights must be fantastic. There was a record, wasn't there? Who did that? Renaissance? Northern Lights. Do you remember that one? Look that one up on YouTube. Have a listen. Northern Lights, Renaissance. I watched uh, another old episode of Columbo 
last night. I like Columbo, Peter Falk. And I know I've said this before, but the cars back in the, what was it, 70s, 80s, 70s, I think. The cars, these huge American cars. I just, I want one. I'm getting too old now, but I want one. A V12 or something, a six-litre V12. They do a mile to the gallon. <laughs> Fantastic cars. And the one I saw last night, Spock was in it. He was a doctor that murdered a patient. Oh, no, he murdered a nurse and tried to murder a patient. Spock, Leonard Nim Nimoy, was it? You know Spock, or the Starship Enterprise, USS Enterprise, wasn't it? Captain James T. Kirk. I like the old Star Treks. I don't like the modern, what do they call the modern one, the new Star Trek, Generation something? I can't get on with the new Star Treks. I like the old one with Spock and Lieutenant O'Hara. And uh, do you remember UFO, that programme UFO? Was it Straker in that? All the girls had purple hair. They all looked the same with purple hair. UFO. I'm sure, yeah, Lieutenant or whatever Straker, I think, was in that. Haven't seen that for a long time. That was good in its day. Again, that was good, as was the music back then in its day. Mind you, the 60s music. When you hear a pirate radio station, what do they play? They normally play 60s music. They do. You know, these naughty people at home that fire up transmitters and, and do a bit of DJing. I mean, it's truth. I wouldn't do anything like that. Stone the crows. It's against the law. <laughs> Would I break the law? But they all play 60s music. Why is that? Because everyone loves 60s music. Even some of the lesser, what, what can I say, not obscure, Jim Reeves. I like Jim Reeves. It's not the sort of thing the pirates used to play, London, Caroline. You know, they didn't play a lot of Jim Reeves because it wasn't mainstream pop, I suppose, put it that way. But I do like a lot of Jim Reeves stuff from the old days. Do you remember Hang Down Your Head, Tom Dooley? That was a good record. I got hold of that when I was 12. It belonged to a friend of mine down the road. Hang down your head, Tom Dooley. Anyway, he this record, I nicked it. <laughs> well, I borrowed it. He said, oh, you can borrow it. Yeah, and I borrowed it and never gave it back. He seemed to forget about it, so I kept it. I don't know where that's gone. Lost, I suppose, along with all my other records. Well, most of them. I do have a lot of Stones records. I've got uh, a lot of albums, uh, which are all locked away, never play them. What's the point in having them, you're saying? I don't know. What is the point in having them? They're all locked away somewhere. I did put them onto cassette tape. Well, initially, I put all my music on reel-to-reel -reel tape. Back in the 60s, instead of buying records, record everything from the radio onto reel-to-reel -reel tape. And then, of course, later on, onto cassette tapes when the cassettes came out. And now, there's no tape at all, is there? There's no nothing. It's just chips. I've got one here. Look, there we are. There's a little plug-in type memory stick. What is it? 64 gig or 32 gig or something. I've got loads of music on here. Hours and hours and hours of music on this little plug-in stick. Whereas in the old days, you'd need a whole shelf full of tapes or records or loads of cassettes. And now it's on a thing here that's smaller than my old fag lighter used to be back in the, in the good old days when I smoked. It wasn't good smoking, was it? Not good at all. Of course, at the time, everyone smoked. I remember seeing photos of DJs in the studio with all the, the record decks and the mixing decks and stuff. And what was on the, the desk? Ashtray, packet of fags, a lighter and a cup of coffee. Everyone smoked everywhere. No wonder everywhere stank of fags. But I, I've said this before. 
and I'll say it again. What was it? Harold Wilson, wasn't it? I said this at Brighton and I'll say it again. Now I forget what it was. Because <laughs> I went off on Harold Wilson, I forget what I was going to say. Oh, the pubs. The pubs used to be really nice. You'd walk in there really nice. You'd walk into a pub and you can smell stale beer and fags, cigarette smoke. You look up to the old yellow nicotine stained ceiling and hang on, we've got a news flash. That's probably about more rain. It's all yellow and nicotine stained and there's this haze of blue smoke that people are all breathing in. Even those that didn't smoke were breathing it in. They were real pubs. I know it's bad. It's truth, we've got news alerts everywhere. I know it's bad breathing in, especially secondhand smoke, apparently like that. There was a chap in the rental office. Now, people that worked at the radio and TV workshop, they will remember him. I won't mention his name. He worked in the office where all the paperwork was for the TV sets that were rented out. And in there, he smoked. He must have been on 80 a day, like the service manager was, my boss. You'd go in there and you couldn't, it was fog. You couldn't see. Thick fog. And there was a woman that worked in there with him. She didn't smoke. Well, she didn't smoke, but passively she did. It was awful, absolutely awful in there. You just couldn't see for this blue haze everywhere. Dreadful. I know the pubs are better these days without all the the cigarette smoke, but I suppose I just remember back in those days, you go into the pub. What's that? Cheers, isn't it? The American programme, Cheers. Everyone knows your name and everyone's glad you came. You, know, you walk into the pub, hi, oh, Ray, how are you doing? Yes, I'm all right. Hello, Fred. Hello, Dave, how are you doing? And have a few drinks and a laugh. The jukebox is going with the 1960s music, proper jukebox. None of this modern rubbish. <laughs> Proper jukebox with real record singles, 45s, and you could see them going onto the turntable with proper valve amplifiers, no transistor solid state nonsense. Good old days in the good old pubs. I was reminded the other day of that Mackerson advert. Do you remember Mackerson? Was it like Guinness, I think? It looks good, it tastes good, and by golly, it does you good. They used to give patients in hospital, this is true, they used to give them Mackerson to drink. Alcohol in the in your hospital bed. The nurse would bring you a bottle of Mackerson. Probably gave you some fags and a box of matches as well. No, seriously, they thought Mackerson was really good for you. At the end of the day, it's only beer, it's only alcohol. I don't see how it could be good for you. But they gave it to hospital patients. I don't know whether they had to pay for it or whether it was on the national health. Imagine getting beer on the National Health. You go to the doctor. Oh, I'm feeling a bit fed up this week, doctor. Oh, hang on, I'll give you a prescription. There you are. Six pints of lager. That should help you. <laughs> you go to the pub with your prescription. we better move on. It's getting too much like a Monty Python sketch. Stop that. This is getting too silly. According to all the emails I've had, most people listen to these episodes in bed. So while you're in bed Sunday morning, we are going up to the tip. We've booked a slot, nine o'clock, you have to book the tip these days. You can't just turn up. We've booked a slot for nine o'clock. So when you're in bed listening to this, having a cup of tea, think of me up the tip. Highlight of my Sunday, that will be. Going up the rubbish dump. We've got mother-in-law's old microwave. We've got number three daughter's old heater. Various other electrical items. And I think some old bits of wood. What a way to spend Sunday morning. First thing Sunday morning, up the rubbish tip. 
Are you off up the tip at all? Raise rants at protonmail.com. Tell me about your tip trip. That'll be highly exciting to read all about that. Seriously, if you have anything to say, raise rants at protonmail.com. More emails from not far-flung places, but another one from South America. And one email from Laurie, hello Laurie, in South Africa. Nice to hear from you, South Africa. I think you're the first listener got down there. And we've got a couple now in South America. I say a couple of listeners in these places, only a couple that have emailed me. There's probably hundreds that listen, thousands, well, maybe three or four that haven't emailed me. But it is nice, though, to have the emails from all around the world. By the way, email from South America was Ed. Hello, Ed. Thank you for your email. You don't say where you are in South America, just South America. Haven't had any emails from the North Pole. Do you remember I mentioned that? There are stations up in the Arctic up there and down in the Antarctic down below. There are stations there where people live and they've got radios. They transmit on the radios to communicate with whoever back to base on the mainland. Haven't had any emails there. Email from the North Pole would be good or the South Pole or Lapland. Lapland, where sister-in-law is. Any, any emails from Father Christmas? So what was your choice of music, if you're old enough, back in the 60s? What were you? Were you a kind of mod, a rocker? Someone asked me a little while ago, didn't they? Are you a mod or a rocker? Or were you a mod or a rocker? I wasn't. I was a hippie. But there was definitely this Stones and Beatles thing. You're either a Stones fan or a Beatles fan. Eric Clapton, brilliant guitarist. But again, I couldn't get on with Eric Clapton. Led Zeppelin, couldn't get on with that. Cream, all that. I just, I don't know. Yes, Genesis. I was Pink Floyd, Hendrix, Stones, and loads of other stuff, of course. And also some classical music. You know, I like a lot of classical music. I don't know what any of it's called. I like the 1812 Overture. Was that Tchaikovsky? I like that, where the kettle drums bang, and the cannons. They have cannons, don't they, in that one? I like that. But you need decent speakers, you know, big speakers to get the bass across. No good listening to the 1812 on your mobile phone, is it, or your iPad. Absolute pointless waste of space. So what was your choice of music, if you're old enough to remember the music back in the 60s, or the 50s even? I do like a lot of music from the 50s. Opera I don't like at all, but I do like, was it Malcolm McLaren, Madame Butterfly? It tells the story, it's nice to listen to, and I do like that. I'm sure it was Malcolm McLaren. McLaren, that's a difficult one to say, isn't it? Do let me know what sort of music you like, even if you weren't around in the 60s. What do you like of today's music? And how do you listen to it? That would be interesting. How do you listen to it? Does everyone stream music on the mobile phone with ear pods? I nearly said ear pads. <laughs> Email me. Tell me what it is you like and how you listen to it. That would be interesting. It's coming up to lunchtime now and I'm starved as always. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Uh, what is it? Not soda bread. Sourdough. Sourdough bread. Have you heard of that? Of course you have. Is it outside the UK? You, you must have sourdough outside. There is a soda bread, isn't there? I'm not talking about that. Trish has made a loaf of sourdough. It takes hours. You've got to do this and do that. Leave it for five hours. Do this and do that. Leave it for six hours. You make up this starter stuff. Anyway, we tried some. I had, listen to this, you'll like this, in bed last night 
watching Father Brown on the telly, a cup of tea and a slice of sourdough bread with jam on top. Sheer bliss. Honestly, that is the way to spend a Friday night. <laughs> well, it is when you get old. When you're in your teens, the best way to spend Friday night is down the pub. But it's really nice. Sourdough bread. Very hard crust. But I think that's all part of it. We've had sourdough bread when we've been out for breakfast. You know, we go for breakfast sometimes. We're dragged along to breakfast by sister-in-law and brother-in-law. We're forced to go and have breakfast. And the toast or whatever always seems to be sourdough. And it's really nice. So I'm hoping to have a sourdough sandwich for lunch. What's that other stuff, that soda stuff? I must look that one up. I will leave you on that note while I go and have something to eat. You can have a cup of tea or something, and I shall see you in a minute. That's better. I do look forward to my lunch. What do you have for lunch? That would be interesting, wouldn't it? See what people have for lunch. Some people don't have breakfast. In fact, quite a few people. Tricia doesn't always have breakfast. I wake up, I'm normally awake at half four in the morning. By five o'clock, I'm pretty hungry. By six o'clock, I'm starved. <laughs> and Tricia's still asleep. So I have to wait because I like to have breakfast together, the two of us, not just me on my own. And then there's the thing about the evening meal, isn't there? Or do you have your meal at lunchtime? We have ours about sort of five o'clock, half four, five o'clock in the afternoon, our main meal. Don't like to eat too late because it's not good for you. You shouldn't go to bed, should you, on a, on a full stomach? That's not good. Well, we're coming up to the hour. Where are we now? It's just gone lunchtime. Bit of a breeze from the west. Grey sky, it stopped raining and there was a little bit of sunshine just now. So I'm hoping this afternoon, if it does brighten up, to go out into the garden and do a little bit out there. The trouble is everywhere's wet. One more snippet about tomboys. I was talking to a friend of mine last night, actually, and I said about tomboys and to, uh, today's episode. And he said that at his school, he went to a boys' school and a friend of his, his sister, was a tomboy. Looked like a boy, well not looked like a boy, but you know, that age, 12-ish, shortish hair, you could easily be a boy. And what they did, they had a bit of a, a joke, played a joke on the teacher at school. His sister went along with him to school, dressed in the proper uniform, I don't know where they got that from, and went into the classroom with her brother, this is a boys' school and she's a girl, <laughs> And said to the teacher, oh, I'm new here. My name's Fred, whatever. And the teacher said, all right, I haven't been informed about that, but sit down. And this girl spent the morning <laughs> in the boys' school as a boy. Went out at the break time, play time. Went out to the playground, chatting to the lads. And it was around lunchtime that the teacher found out that there were no new boys in the class. What's all this about? Went to the headmaster, checked. No, we've got no new boys there. And the girl owned up in front of the class, owned up. Of course, the boys are all roaring with laughter. And even the teacher apparently thought that was great fun. He thought that was a great trick. And of course, the girl was sent home. And <laughs> we don't want to see you here again. <laughs> but that's really good. There's a lot more to the story, but I won't go into all that because it's, it's going to be boring otherwise. But that's a great idea, isn't it? That reminds me of our, our school. We had twin boys there, identical twins. We've got identical twin granddaughters. What are they now, 15? No, they might even be 16 now. 15, I think. And I can't tell the difference. Since the day they were born to now, when they're 15, 16, I can't tell the difference. I know it's daft, 
Trisha can, everyone else can except me. I never know which is which. What I have to do is ask Trish or ask one of them, right, who are you? And of course they trick me. They give me the wrong name. So I ask Trisha, which is which? And then what I'll do is notice something about them. For example, say it's, say the name is Ray and one of them's wearing red. Right, it's Red Ray. And that's how I remember Carol Jeans or Maggie Skirt sort of thing. You know what I mean? I get that in my head so I know which is which once I know what they're wearing and the difference. I don't know. But these boys at school, they were in my class, these twin, identical twin boys. And they used to muck about. You can imagine, can't you? They used to muck about, take each other's places. And and the teacher would say, uh, you know, Andrew and Steve would say, yes. <laughs> it was awful. In the end, they were made to wear badges with their names on, you know, <laughs> sort of sticky things on their blazers, Andrew and Steve. That was great fun having them in the class. What are you up to this weekend or this week? Anything exciting? Are you retired? Are you at work? Are you at school? As I keep saying, it'd be great to hear from you. Raise rants at protonmail.com. I'm doing some tidying up at the moment this weekend in my radio room. I started yesterday and I'm going to do a bit more today because it, it tends to get rather messy. <laughs> Trish vacuums the floor in here. My mum, it's funny, Trish and my mum were talking a few weeks ago. Trish said, when I vacuum up in Ray's radio room, there's bits of wire and little nuts and bolts all going up the vacuum cleaner. And my mother said, that's exactly what it was like when he lived at home when he was a kid. Bits of wire, nuts, bolts. Because I had a, a Meccano set back then, which I was always playing with and putting radios to bits. And my bedroom was just, well, the carpet was awful like it is now. And uh, my mum was saying, you know, nothing changes over all these decades. It's still the same, nuts, bolts, bits of wire. I used to love the Meccano set. That was great. What did you do? This is another thing. I've had an idea for a podcast episode, maybe next Sunday. What did you do during half term when you weren't at school? Now, dad would have been at work or possibly mum and dad at work. What did you do, especially on a rainy day? I mean, I wasn't over the woods every time it rained. I did go when it rained. But what I would do is play around with the Meccano set or pull radios to bits. In my dad's shed, uh, he had a bench out there and I used to borrow the bench and the tools, take a radio out there and pull it to bits, which was good fun. <laughs> then leave the mess out there, then get told off. I've asked various members of the family. It seems that the, the females in the family, when they had half term at school, they would read books like Bunty. Oh, and um, also, do you, who remembers this? In I think it was Bunty. There were cut-out things. you cut out the shape of a, a dress or something and then in paper and then cover that in material and you could actually make a doll. You cut all the bits out, glue it all together, all these bits of paper, and then stick or put material over it and make a doll. Now, that was a good pastime, it seems, for the girls back in the old days during half term. And the boys in the family were normally tinkering around in dad's shed or garage, mucking about with tools, that sort of thing. And of course the tomboys <laughs> were probably in the garage or the shed mucking about with tools. Is there such a thing as a tom girl? Now there's a thought. Here's the thing. I shall look into that. Tomboys we've got. How about a tom girl? 
I shall look that up on the internet in a minute. And if I discover anything, I will tell you on Wednesday all about Tom Girls. Let me know. If you know anything about that, let me know. Briefly, going back to the music in the 60s, well, any era when there was vinyl, do you remember the the album, you know, the LPs, the album covers? That was all part of buying a record. OK, you could record the music from the radio onto your tape recorder, but actually having, if it's an LP, an album, you had the album art, you had the cover. And I remember buying the Jimi Hendrix. Uh, that was a double LP, Electric Ladyland. Who knows what was on the cover of that? Think back and have a look at the cover of Electric Ladyland. I'm not going to say what it was. You can look that up. Have a look. <laughs> Go to Google, Electric Ladyland, Jimi Hendrix, and put in images or something and you'll find it. That was interesting. And I remember Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. The cover of that was a load of people. And you could study it for hours, looking at all the different people. And, of course, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, was the prism, wasn't it, with the coloured light coming out of one side. That's now iconic, isn't it? There's a word, iconic. Right, I've set your homework. I want to know what you have for lunch. <laughs> Where you are in the world, far-flung corners of the world. What music you liked in the 60s. What else did I ask you to email about? I can't remember now. You'll remember. I can't remember everything. Just be great to hear from you wherever you are in the world. OK, I shall see you on Wednesday. Behave yourselves, as usual. Do whatever I would do, and worse, if it takes your fancy, why not? Look after yourselves. See you on Wednesday. Bye-bye for now.